Hi friends, and welcome to the True Speaks podcast with Jessica Lauren. I'm your host, Jessica, and I'm so stoked to be here with y'all. I started this podcast because I believe that one of the best things we can do is share life and conversations with others about the big things, about the hard things, and about the important things. And I am so excited to invite friends from all different places for some incredible conversations. I told you guys I was so excited for this one, and I cannot believe it's finally here. Today on the podcast, I'm chatting with my friend Jane, and we are chatting all about how we met and how we started doing prison ministry together and how that has totally changed our lives. You guys are going to love her. She is actually the best. She loves Jesus so much. She lives her life with such passion, and you just can't help but get excited when you listen to her talk. We also have a special gift of talking incredibly fast when we're together, so hope you guys can keep up with all the crazy, but I hope that y'all will really enjoy my conversation with my sweet friend, Jane. Jane, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I I am just so excited that you're here. We, this is just, this has been a long time coming, hasn't it? Yes. And we're just hanging out here in your kitchen and we're going to talk about all the things, which honestly, we've spent the entire morning together because we just came from prison. Yes. So So good. It was a good morning. We've had a great morning. morning. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been chatting a lot. And so we figured it was high time to start recording and chatting about all the things. And so I would love if you just shared a little bit about who you are and what your life looks like and give us a little intro into the life of Jane. Oh my goodness. Okay. So it's it's just not exciting. My life is just very okay, daily. I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, it is. It's just daily. You know, you've. I have a husband and I have three kids and we're just, I feel like we run all the time, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and one of the very special things about doing prison ministry and doing it with you is that I get to do it on Mondays, on Monday mornings while my kids are in school. Yeah. And so as a stay-at-home mom, that's just a benefit. Um, I think a gift that God has given me that it's not encroaching on taking away from my family, yeah. you know, and those kinds of things. Because there's always going to be something to be competing from my first ministry. And my first ministry is to my family. So. Yeah, no, totally. And it has just been such a gift. And we're going to talk about a little bit of the story of how we started doing this together sure. and what that has looked like for us. But um, it's really just been a journey of, of the past few years of us yeah. doing this together and learning and growing together. And um, it's been so fun getting to know each other over um, the course of doing prison ministry. I think it's funny how God has God, God's plans are always so much bigger than ours. And he always has an agenda that we just can't see, you know, like even now with this birth of this podcast and the desire that he's given it, that he's placed in your heart for this, it's going to be exciting to see what God does with it. Mm -hmm. Um, not unlike when you were launching photography and mm. I needed somebody to take my pictures, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's really how you and I started yep. doing what we yeah, did. Yeah, you just reached out. I mean, we kind of knew each other from like being in the same church and that kind of stuff previously, but um, didn't really know each other at right. all, just knew who you were, like knew your name. Um, and you reached out asking if I'd be willing to take a headshot for you for your ministry. And right. I was like, sure. And so we just met at the park and we we took your headshot and then yeah. we just ended up in the parking lot talking about the Lord. And yeah. I remember um, you asked me like, what, like, what do you want to do? Yes. Like with your life, not like, what are you doing with your life? But like, what do you want? Like yes. what, what is like the desire of your heart and your life? And, yeah. and I was like, I want to, I want to see people like love Jesus. Like yes. I want to, I want to do ministry. I want to love on people and I, yeah. I want to do what you're doing. Yes. And, um, and we just had a really sweet conversation. You're very encouraging to me. And I remember it was like a day or two afterward, I get a text from you that mm-hmm. says, 
Um, <laughs> this is the best. Do you want to do something crazy? Now, the best part about the, my favorite part about this is that it is such a you text uh-huh. that like I didn't even realize <laughs> at the time, but it yeah. was like such a Jane text. Yeah. But the the caveat to it is that you didn't tell me what the crazy thing was. Yeah. Like, you yeah. just said, "Do you want to do something crazy?" Down for and something? so yeah. I was trying to like put a little buffer, but like also say yes. So I was like, "Yeah, yeah what's up?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I I think you maybe called me or something, and you were like, "Hey." we're going to meet with this lady at Denny's on Saturday morning and we're going to talk about prison ministry. And I was like, awesome. Right. Right. (laughs) I remember though, I remember in that moment being a little bit petrified about what your parents would think, you know, I mean, here I am taking, I don't, I think you were like barely 18. Yeah. I I think it was 19. 19, 19. Yeah. But, but I remember I'm taking you into a maximum security prison and I'm taking you somewhere that I've never been. Yeah. And, and I remember thinking, oh my goodness, her parents are going to kill me. <laughs> you know, what am I doing? And, uh, and God has just progressively opened the doors and opened our hearts through it. Yep. Um, one of the things that just jumped into my head as you were talking, um, I think that God it's sort of like he puts us in orbit around other people. And yeah. so it's like two, you and I were like two different, like, um, planets like in orbit around each other never really crossing paths because it didn't make sense yep. to it you yeah, know we're totally. just in different roles but but if we pay attention to those God has in our orbit I think it'd be amazed to see what God wants to do with it and yes. one thing that he's really taught me too is that we have a tendency to look at other people around us in our spheres right mm-hmm. our sphere of influence and we think this person looks like me this person talks like me this person is like in the same stage of life with me and so definitely this is how ministry is supposed to operate yeah. and God doesn't do that I mean we have almost a 20, 22 year age difference between us. And yet what God has done has been so powerful and so um, transformative for both of us that, that, that for sure is something that I am paying attention to in my own life to see who has God placed around me because there may be more of a something ministry wise and life changing wise that he wants to do with that. And so it causes me definitely to pay more attention to who's in my world. Yeah. You know, well, and I think one of my favorite things about um, us really connecting and doing prison ministry and all of that stuff is that, you know, that summer, I think it was a summer of 2016. I was praying for two things. I was praying, um, that the Lord would get me outside of my bubble. I knew I was living in a bubble, mm-hmm. um, just in general in my life, just like you were saying, surrounded mm-hmm. by people that looked like me, that talked like me, yes. that lived like me. And that's normal. Like, and that's, yeah, that's, because yeah. we, we are attracted to people like us. Yeah. Right. But I knew that I needed to get outside of my bubble and, and I needed to be intentional to do that. And I was also praying for a mentor in my life. Mm-hmm. I was praying for someone who was just a few You got the best. Me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Now that you know me, here we have our Jane joke. (laughs) My goodness. Okay, it is totally not. God is so good. (laughs) Not a joke. He's so good. At all. But but he answered both of those prayers in a way that I had no, like prison ministry wasn't on my radar. And I don't really think it was on your radar either, honestly. Um, But we went to Denny's and we um, got breakfast with Denise Knox, who was working for Beauty for Ashes at Mm -hmm. the um, Maximum Security Prison. And um, she just just shared her heart with us. And I think... Um, we were both very like we didn't really know what the heck was going on but right. we were like what like we wanted to be a part of it yeah you know and so that just like kind of took us on a little journey I think there's an underlying um, sometimes we aren't able to articulate some of the things that we want out of our life mm-hmm. I don't think that I woke up one day and I thought you know what I really want to be a part of prison ministry yep, no, that not you know what but what God had dropped into my heart mm-hmm. was a desire to see people really transformed. Yeah. And, you know, having grown up in the church, 
I would see so many people who go through the motions of loving God and going to Bible studies and, you know, trying to do all the right things. And yet, um, still having like such a hard heart and not allowing, not allowing, you know, the spirit of God to transform them. And, and then I had found myself in an environment at a, at a misfits for Jesus church service And I saw what it was to be around people who were worshiping differently Mm -hmm. than I had ever experienced. And I began to like, just do this inward, like, why do they worship so differently? Why do they worship with such freedom? And come to find out it's because so many of some of the people in their audience knew what it was to be in bondage and what it was to be set free. And when you've been set free, you worship differently. You worship with abandon. You are so thankful for what God has done. And that underlying thing in me, mm-hmm. I wanted to see that. I wanted yes. to be around people who knew what it was to be set free because I've been set free. And and then that's what led to prison ministry because I'm like, if these people, so many who have recently been released from prison or recently, recently been released from rehab yeah. houses know how to, I, I'm like, I want to be a part of this. This is the ground level. How do I be a part of this? And then it just sort of like snowballed from there. Yeah, totally. And I think that that's what we've seen probably the most at prison is it's been, um, I think it's been convicting for me to see these women who have walked through so much just brokenness and difficulty and so many struggles and challenges in their life and to sit in prison day in and day out and not know when you're going to get out and not know how many more more years you have left or know that you have decades left ahead of you and understand what true freedom in Christ looks like. Yeah. That was like so life-giving to me in the weirdest way Mm -hmm. because like you would think that that's almost depressing to like Mm -hmm. look at that situation and yet the joy and the life that they had found and experienced in prison I was like if they can have it like if it's real for them yes it can be real for everyone you know what I mean that these women found freedom in captivity and it's only Christ can do that and then that's of course what launched altered yes is um is you and I traveling back and forth and having this time that we were talking and, and really ministering to each other because, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think mentorship is just a one way, one way street. I think that, you know, as God begins to develop relationships, um, there is something that I think is so valuable about older people having younger people around yep. them because they challenge them. They bring things from a different um, generation. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To, yeah, to vice have, versa. Yeah. It is to have us consider these things and to challenge us and to grow us. And so I'm grateful for that. I think mentorship goes both ways. Yeah. Um, there is but what we saw, I remember you and I going back and forth and our hearts began to pound and we began to think, you know, we see so much freedom behind these actual prison cells and, and the walls of a prison that we wanted for the environments that we're most typically in, which mm-hmm. is a church setting, right? right? And, and looking around and seeing so many women in bondage yeah. of their own making sometimes, and sometimes of their not own making, sometimes yeah. they're just as much victims, yeah, totally. you know, of other people's sin, but they're sitting victimized and not being set free in total in total bondage in total bondage that we wanted them to be set free from as much as we saw people in prison being set free and um and that's when you and i as we were driving we're like we should have a conference we should do (laughs) outside the prison what we're doing inside the prison and then god just granted us favor yeah yeah with people and then we so we did we had the first altered conference oh gosh at cross haven church two years ago was that 28 Oh gosh, 2017. Gosh, 27. I'm it like, what year is the it? Fall I don't of even 2017. know. Fall of 2017. And then in 2018, we had three of them. Three. And now in the most like, re- 
rewarding and redeeming thing of all of that. So we had that first one in fall of 2017, and mm-hmm. then we had one in May mm-hmm. of 2018, one in November of 2018, and mm-hmm. then at the end of last year and right before Christmas, we got to have a conference at the prison. At the prison. And that was It the gives best. me chills right now thinking about it. That it was gives the me, best. Man, God is good. To bring yeah. it back to the place that yep. birthed it, yes. that was amazing. Yes. He's done a lot in it. And, you know, I just – I think he's also – and I know that we're doing a podcast, but you and I have talked about this, that that he is beginning to crystallize for me what Altered is about. Mm-hmm. And, and Altered is all about creating moments where women um, can be in the presence of God. You yeah. know, that we, whether it's a, a conference that we host at a church or, um, you know, I, I did a Chick-fil-A fundraiser and I got to have so many one-on-one conversations with women that Jesus is present there. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And he gives wisdom and he gives insight and he gives opportunity for prayer. And, and, um, we just believe that, that Jesus can transform anyone that as long as they are breathing, there is hope. And we, we just can't let go of that, yeah. you know? And yeah. so, and we've seen miracles and transformation and it's just been the best. Oh, totally. So, and I'm I remember, I remember when we first started doing prison ministry, feeling very inadequate. Yeah. Um, because like you walk in there and you're the new people. Yeah. And so nobody's And scared to death. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and we don't know. And like, we've been trained to think that they're irredeemable. Oh, prison you know? the worst. Yes. It'll make you think that nobody can be saved. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Well, and it, it'll make you think that they're all psychotic, honestly, yeah. which I understand that you have some like certain situations, but let's be real. Like yeah. they're, at the end of the day, they're all people and yes. they all have you know, a heart and a mind and a soul and a family and dreams and goals and desires. Yeah. And so prison training does not really help you in that department. I think but. I would just interject here. I think yeah. that what prison ministry has taught me as well is that, you know, and I you know you and I've talked about this that prior to doing prison ministry, I think you and I both would have agreed that we're like, just don't do stupid things yeah. and you won't end up in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do prison ministry inside a, a women's prison and, and we have, we have been around enough long enough to know now that women are not born perpetrators. Nobody no. is born a perpetrator. Yeah. There is so much victimization yeah. that goes into something before somebody making a really bad decision, yeah. whether it's drugs or murder or, mm-hmm. you know, the different things that we see, abuse. Um, and, All we and, see is the news article. We yeah, don't see anything we see the, behind si- the family right. behind it or the history of the family yes. or the generational sin in the family yes. that goes behind it. All the things where, where Satan has had so much victory in somebody's life prior yeah. to, you know, the news things. And that doesn't excuse the the sin like we're not excusing the terrible moment um and and i don't think that you and neither you or i go in and say you're innocent but we go in and say no matter what you've done jesus can even forgive that and and i think that that is what gives me still the encouragement that no matter what i've done jesus can still forgive me that there's still hope there's still hope for these people's lives there's still purpose for their lives and we have the opportunity now because we've been doing it so long to see people getting out Mm -hmm. you know and we Mm want to see them succeed and we want them to walk free from the victimization and not go back to the same situations and not go back to the same you know relationships and we have so much hope yeah well and it's because it is it's like i mean they're living a battle and they're choosing like if they're going to choose to do this the right way like it is going to be a battle because there's so many things in their life Mm -hmm. that have culminated Mm -hmm. to to create this life that they have that is really difficult and so you are you're looking at generations of drug addiction you're looking at generations of alcoholism like you're looking at just generations of brokenness and absent parents and all of these things Mm -hmm. that are so hard and you see like abuse like 
like I was reading an article that said 97% of women who are incarcerated have gone through um, physical or sexual abuse. Absolutely. And you yeah. can't just disregard that. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. that is a real, like that is horrifying. Yes. And so, and then we, I like when we look back at where we used to be, like I was like, I was so ignorant yes. to that. Cause I was like, well, just don't do drugs. What's yes. the big deal? You know? Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, like it's, they're numbing yes. this pain this and pain. their soul mm-hmm. that has, deeply broken them and the reality is we're all doing that and then it gets to survival you know it's how do we survive and then you know and then you go back to something because you're trying to survive it the the beauty i think of beauty for ashes um is that it is a biblically based program Mm -hmm. and there are so many programs that are in prisons that they're great programs but they're not transformative transform transformation happens through jesus christ that's where and the power of the holy spirit that's where transformation happens and that's what beauty for ashes represents i mean they go through inner healing and they go through forgiving and they go i mean there's so many things and you know the recidivism rate my understanding from from speaking to a um uh, it wasn't a guard; it was somebody there. Yeah, yeah. But they indicated that the people who go through the re- through the Beauty for Ashes program have a lower, um, yeah, significantly re- lower recidivism rate. You know, yeah. because they have because they have found real hope. Yeah, and the real hope is in Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, when they get out, Jesus is going to help me find a job because Jesus promises to provide for me. Jesus promises to lead me. You know, and yeah. so as long as we're teaching them God's truth there's real hope and that's where we see lasting change. And I think that's the beauty versus, and, and, and I'm not downing any other, there's lots of good programs. Oh, totally. totally. This this one that is so transformative is found because of Jesus. Yep. Yep. And I love, I think one of something that you told me when we first started prison ministry that changed everything for me because, because I was feeling so, because you started to hear these stories of these women and what they've walked through and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And they ask you questions like how, how um, do you overcome anger towards people who have done things like uh, unjust things to children, you know, or, or things like that? I'm like, oh gosh, like, I don't know. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so you go to the word of God and you're, you're really digging and you're figuring out how do I answer these? Cause the first thing that we did there, we were like, what kind of questions do you guys have? Yes. And we had, we had 10 weeks where we covered 10 questions that they had about life, about the Bible, about God, just yeah. about anything. And there were some really hard questions there. And I remember 20 year old me being like, how, how am I who've had this great life? Yeah. Who there's always been food on the table. I have parents who love me. I've been able to pursue the things that like set my soul on fire. Mm-hmm. Like just like all, like all of these great things in my life. How am I supposed to look at someone who was abused all throughout their childhood? Who's had like no opportunity who yeah. found drugs in their mom's purse when they were yes. five. Like, how am I supposed to say anything? Like tell anybody how to do anything. You know what I mean? And, and I remember you told me, cause I was like, this is, I don't know how to do this like this is so overwhelmingly like broken and I feel so inadequate and you said that just like a physician doesn't have to experience every sickness and every disease to prescribe treatment Mm -hmm. or to give medicine it's the same way with the word of God like Mm -hmm. there we can go to God's word and there is truth even if I haven't walked through being abused like that or I haven't walked through certain situations right um it doesn't mean that God's word isn't true right that and and obviously you speak with a lot of humility and grace and I tell those girls all the time I'm like listen like I'm not gonna I'm not about to say that I know what you're going through because I don't right because I haven't experienced it but Mm -hmm. this is what I know 
is mm-hmm. true based on God's word. Mm-hmm. And that changed everything for me when yeah. I was doing prison ministry because I, my life hadn't touched that in any kind of capacity. I didn't know how yeah. to handle that, you know? Yeah. And, um, and yet that was just so big yeah. and, and really kind of getting me and my head straight before I walked in there. Yeah. Um, and understanding what that looked like because it is really hard. Like that, that's a really broken place. Yeah. It's a really I think anybody, place. I think anybody, if there's anybody even who's listening to this who feel like they can't speak into somebody else's life because they haven't experienced something, um, you can always speak the word of God. But, you know, I remember there was a conference that you spoke at, and I don't remember which one, but you were talking about how um, that, that you were born into a different kind of family and, mm-hmm. and nobody gets the family. They don't pick it. They don't pick the yeah. family they're born into. They're just born into a family. Yeah. And, um, but, but the, the favor that you were born into comes with responsibility yeah. and your responsibility is to educate yourself on the things that, um, other people struggle with and they suffer with and, and then looking to see how you can help them. You know, yeah. we have a yeah. responsibility to do that, that this yeah. is, we can't look at government to do it. We can't look at, you know, other people to do it. We say, God, what is my responsibility here? What do yes. you want me to do? Um, and then we study the word of God and there's so many things there's so many principles that are laid out in scripture that tell us what to do, you yeah. know, and tell us yeah. how to respond. And, and the Holy spirit, you know, he'll make us wiser than we, than we are, no, we are you know, and he God. gives us compassion for <laughs> yeah. things that are revolting, yeah. you know, it, and not compassion for the thing that is revolting compassion for the person. The person. The person. Um, yeah. And it's not, and we feel compassion. And I'll be very clear about this too. We feel compassion for the victims. Yeah. There's, I mean, for totally. everybody who, who is in prison, there's victims, there's, there's children that are victims of yeah. their parents' crimes yeah. and family members that are struggling and mothers that are crying and, you know, and, but the, the beauty I think for you and I is that because of what we do and because we're vocal about what we do, God also gives us opportunity to minister to the mothers. You know, I had a mother who pulled me aside and she was like, my daughter is in, is in Vandalia. Is there any way that you could communicate with her? And I'm like, there isn't because there's parameters, right? I mean, we have rules that we can only uh, minister to this group. Search out a certain end. Yeah. We can't search out. So, but, but I said, but she can get a hold of it. And, but, but I was able to encourage that mother yes. that, you know, we can look at prisons and think this is the worst case right. scenario. But what I will tell you is that Jesus is yes. at Vandalia, yes. you know, and then when we go in, we have church yeah. and there is, no, the there is no place is the best <laughs> church. There is no place that God is not. And so if you have somebody who's in prison or if you're, you know, your heart is aching because you have a parent there, you pray for them. God will lead the right people to them. He is faithful. He is faithful to you. He hears your prayers, you know, and so we just got to continue that. But you, this hopelessness, um, is unwarranted when we have Jesus because with Jesus, there's always hope. Yes. Yes. And that has been the most beautiful thing because, and I, I think for me, you, you know, I don't want, I don't want to serve a God who just is hope for the the middle the class. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't so want to serve a Jesus that is just good for me. Yes. You know what I mean? If yes. he's not good for you in prison, if he's not good for you in Africa, if he's not good for you in China, if he's not good for yes. the, the highest high, the lowest low, whatever category you want to put yourself in, if mm-hmm. he's not good for you, he's not good for me. That's so good. You know what I mean? If it's not true for all people, then it can't be true for me. Yes. Like He's not just, he doesn't just, I don't just love God because he works for me. Yes. Like I love God because he works for everyone. Yeah. Today, you know? today you were talking about today, um, Jessica was like, um, now I'm giving the interview today. Jessica was <laughs> anyway, you were speaking at, um, and you about, le- uh, who was it? The leper, um, that yeah. was ceremonially unclean. 
and and being ceremonially unclean with somebody i mean like people who were unclean had to walk across the street i mean you just didn't have anything to do with them and they were right. contagious and everything was bad um and yet jesus went over and it what was the word the, the actual Greek word that it meant that he he like grasped him grasped yeah. hold of him yeah. and he yeah. said and he killed him you know yeah. and I think about that with you know when people are go to jail it's because they've been determined to be a detriment on society like yeah. they need to be held like they're over unclean. there like yeah. they're unclean their offender like they're, number they're, yes they, they're yeah. known as offenders they are they are offensive and yet Jesus goes behind those walls yeah. and he grabs them yeah. right and he imparts his righteousness and his holiness and his cleanliness on yeah. them just like yeah. he does with you and I yeah you know, I always think about that too. Even when I sit in churches, I'm like, man, some of y'all just haven't been caught yet. That's the thing. <laughs> you know? That's the thing. And that was the other thing when I started going to prison. I was like, here's the deal. The reality is that we're all broken. Yes. And we are all looking for ways to numb our brokenness. Yes. It's just that some ways to numb it are legal and some are not. Right. It's illegal to do certain drugs. It's not illegal to do other drugs. Yes. It's legal to drink, but it's illegal to drink and get in your car and drive. drive. You know what I right. mean? And so I was like, that, the, the line between those things, though, is very easy to cross over yes you know what I mean yes and so it could so easily be me yes and that's what changed it for me I was like wait like I could be here I could be texting on like texting using my phone while driving which I'm totally have been guilty of before yeah and hit someone or yeah. get in an accident where like I hit another car and I happen to kill someone and then I'm going to prison for manslaughter. Right. You know right. what I mean? And it's like that could happen to me. That could happen to one of my siblings so easily. It's I think it's, I think it's what keeps us humble when yeah. we serve too. Like you can't serve God with any pride. No. You know, we are just grateful to be used and we're honored to serve, but being aware of your own sin and your own sinfulness is what makes you usable. I think, you yeah. know, oh, and totally. maybe not being, I mean, if you people like, well, I don't think it'll be aware. being aware of my first forgiveness, be, having been forgiven yes. of much. Um, and that gives us the ability to love well, yes. you know, and to serve well and that sort of thing. So. Yeah. No, man, we, we love prison. Yes. We love prison. Yeah. It's We love a, transformation. Yeah. We see it in the prison. Yes. And I think that's what gives us hope that what he does there, he can do everywhere, yeah. you know? And so that's what we want to see. That's what we want to see through altered conferences. And that's what yeah. we want to see. That's our goal. Yeah. You know? Okay, so that's Jesus's goal. I'm just going to add that one thing. That's Christ's that's goal thing. is transformation. That's the thing. And then when we're all Dead united in that, like that common goal, like that's what sets your heart on fire. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's what sets your heart on fire. That's what gets you stoked. Like that's what'll get you up in the morning. Yep. You know what I mean? I when do. you when you understand like the heart that the Lord has for like all people. Yes. You know, that there's nothing so broken that his grace can't cover. Yes. Like, that'll you, change you. You know, that'll change your life. That'll change the way you look at your own life that yeah. you don't wallow in self pity of, Oh, I'm too broken. I'm too whatever. Yeah. But also the way you look at other people. Cause we very easily look at other people and think, mm. you know what I they mean? They deserve like, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's the thing. That was the other thing with prison is that I realized that, you know, the, someone's already been the hammer in their life. Yes. They're in prison. Yes. There's already been like justice per se, which yes. it is relative, right. but you know, right. served. Mm -hmm. They don't need a hammer. Right. They need someone to come in and tell them how much they're loved by yeah. God. Still. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so like my job, and I feel like I always have to give a caveat to that, which is stupid to feel that way. But like my job is not to be the hammer. Like my job is to go in and say, I don't care what you've done. Right. Like, God still loves you right no matter what yes you know and so that was also really helpful for me because it was like you can kind of wrestle when you when you know and you hear about what some of them have done like sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow it is 
because I understand that if I was the victim of that or if like one of my siblings was the victim of that or or yeah. like one of your kids was the yes. victim of that, it would be very hard. There is, yeah, there is something that I read recently um, that that says that there is so much of value. I, You know I love the word of God. Mm-hmm. I love the word of God and I believe that so much of that is where transformation is found and we begin to apply that to our yeah. lives. Um, but I read an author once who says that if we do not have Paul in our bones and Jeremiah in our fingertips and Christ in our blood, we will never have hope for anything ever being any different. And when I read it, it jumped out to me because I thought when I see the worst case scenarios, when I think about the people who are victims of whatever, um, if I don't know that there is a beginning and an end and that true justice will be served at some yeah. point and that God is going to make everything right again, mm-hmm. I would be hopeless. Yes. But I know the word of God and the word of God says that he loves me, that he is in control of all of yeah. these things, that if the worst case scenario were to happen, that he would carry me through. Yes. And even if, and I've, I've experienced things in my own life and we are not going to go there today, but things that I'm like, God, where, where the heck are you? You know, yeah, right. but if I were not in the scriptures, I could get stuck there yes. and I don't want to get stuck there. Yep. I want to know the word of God so well that I know that when I go into a pit and I'm sure I will go into right. a pit We're because this fall. life, yes. right, right. is still kind of at me that, that I will be prepared enough yeah. to never lose my hope mm-hmm. in Christ, that he's going to get me through this or what have you, because there's both sides, you yes. know, I mean, there's, yes. um, but and we can yeah. be on on either side Both depending sides. on what's happening yes. in the world at that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, no, that's a totally that's just such because a real thing. we we serve doesn't mean we don't feel the hurt of yes. the yes. you know absolutely or like live in ignorance pain. that it that it could happen at some point. Yeah. You know, so I think that's really big. Okay, so you just got back from Israel. Yes, I did. It was so great. Yeah, so great. <laughs> okay, so, so I want like a little mini full scoop on like what were some highlights of your trip. Oh. I know, like you've been so looking forward to this, and now we're planning a trip. Yes, for next year, which I'm totally joining. Yes, um, Lord willing, with yes. dates and stuff like that. So yes. I am pumped about that. But I just want to hear. <clears> give me I knew. Okay, so because God has God has planted the transformation in my heart. Like mm-hmm. I want to see people transformed. I want to be transformed. I haven't arrived, right? I yeah. mean, God, I'm still, God is still working on me. I want my kids to be transformed. I want my husband to be transformed. I want my marriage to be transformed. Everything. So transformation is so huge, but transform ha- transformation happens with the Lord. I mean, yeah. I'll say that till the day I die. <laughs> but going to Israel changed my life in the fact that I, and I think it was Pastor Lee Sanders who said that when you read the scriptures in a Bible, it's like black print on white page. But when you go to Israel, it's like, see, it's like reading it in full color. Mm-hmm. And the things that I've studied, like about the Holy of Holies, I mean, I was standing as close as any human could possibly be to the original Holy of Holies where God Shekinah glory like manifested itself where people yeah. would go and make sacrifices where I knew the temple went, where I knew that women were not allowed. I mean, it was like, it was, it was, it was just amazing. I stood in the, the pool of Siloam where, where I just prayed that God would restore to me my vision because he restored yeah. vision there. I got to see where people would ser- take their ceremonial, cer- you know, be, take their bath, take their baths to become ceremonially clean, um, in order to, you know, make a sacrifice at the temple. And I was so grateful that I don't have to go through those things yeah, anymore, you know, because of what <laughs> Jesus did. Yeah. And so it was the Bible come alive. And, and I remember we took, um, we took uh, the communion in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. We had just seen the tomb, that it was empty. It was yes. empty. Um, and 
<clears throat> we saw, you know, the place of the skull. And, and I just knew in my heart right then that God was saying, I'm sending you back and you're going to bring people. Yeah. Um, and because I'm a mom of three kids that are very, very busy, I know that I probably can't go every year, but I, but I hope, and I pray that, that taking trips to Israel would become part of the DNA mm-hmm. of altered ministries because mm-hmm. you are transformed there. You are, yeah. I mean, and I thought about this too, even if I told my husband this, even if you didn't believe that Jesus is the son of God, you will walk away from Israel knowing there was a real man named Jesus yeah. who yeah. walked and talked. You will see the actual temple. You'll hear about King David. You'll see where he was buried. You'll see the land where Judas hung himself. You'll see, you'll get to go to Bethlehem. I was in Nazareth. I was in the actual synagogue where Jesus preached. I mean, it was like, That's insane. it was ridiculous. It was, yeah. is the it's just the best thing ever. Um, and so right now I'm working with Pastor Lee Sanders, who is amazing. He's been like 35 times and he takes many, many tours and takes uh, his church, First Baptist O'Fallon, many times um, about taking a tour group. We've placed a bid and so we're waiting to hear back to be able to go February of 2000. I'm sorry. 2020. 2020. Yes. 2020. Next year. Doesn't that sound so like sophisticated? Like we're in the future. 2020. 2020. Like, you know, I know. It sounds so far. <laughs> weird. It's just next year. Um, but in February and I'll be able to take, I think about 25 women. Um, I'm really hoping and praying if I could have, I mean, I would love to take everybody, but there's a part of me that really wants to take teachers, teachers of the word. Um, because when you read the scriptures, when I read the scriptures now, after having been, it's different. It's like, I was telling somebody, I think I told you about this. Like when King David says, I lift my eyes into the Hills, where does my help come from? And I think now I see the Hills. Now I see them. Now I see the Mount of Olives because I was there. Mm-hmm. And it's just different. It, I don't know. But I would love to take people who um, who teach the word of God because it will make them better at what they do. Yeah. And there's something that's so exciting to me about that. Yeah. Because they take that message back. Right. Well, know? and there's such a rich culture and history there where, like <sighs> you were saying, like so good. you can't deny that like the entire Jewish nation the the people you know and and like you can't deny these things that are there like it's just a part of who like these things that we read in scripture like you go there and it is their life it is their life it is not just that changes stuff it is and we went to the old city and so we got to see where people dress differently because Mm -hmm. of their belief system i mean the hotel that we stayed in it was a kosher hotel Mm -hmm. and so on on it's shabbat it's called shabbat it's like the beginning of their sabbath so nobody works right so we were talking about sabbath i mean you rest well, the ele- the hotel had like three elevators. Well, one elevator on their Sabbath, they put a big sign on and they said it's a Shabbat elevator, which means basically this elevator doesn't even work for you. I mean, everything rested. So you could get on that elevator and it would move, but it would stop at every single floor. It was <laughs> not going to take orders from anybody. And I thought how amazing that even an elevator is set yeah. apart to honor God. Yeah. And you know, I, you and I were talking about what is the one thing that I came away, away with the most. It is the absolute understanding and knowledge of the supremacy of God. Mm-hmm. And there was one time, one day in Israel that I got on my knees and I just asked God to forgive me. Just forgive me, Lord, even now, just forgive me mm-hmm. for not giving you ultimate supremacy in my life. You are yeah. big and you are wise and you are knowledgeable and you are in control and you are holy and you are so much bigger than I can even, my little finite mind yeah. um, can wrap its mind around and shame on me, shame on me that I do not give him his glory, that mm-hmm. I do not give him his due. You know, mm-hmm. I just think, well, no, I've got it all figured out. No, you don't, Jane. <laughs> Don't you we? Know, know, don't we? Isn't shameful. that exactly what, what we do? World? Though, like we just think we we've got our arms around our life until we don't, and then we're like, "Well, we this isn't." They work. honor God. I mean, the, and not everybody, because like not every well, culture, right? right? I right. mean, but, but overwhelmingly, they honor God for His supremacy. He is the final authority. 
And here, I think that we've all made ourselves God. Yeah. We're all little gods. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's my way or the highway, it's, you know, it's all... But that's not reality. God is God. God should be glorified as God. And, you know, the fact that he invites us into a personal relationship with him through Jesus Christ is awe-inspiring. Right. You know, we just, we hear it all the time. So I think we become desensitized to it. It is the, it is, it changes everything. Right. You know, because if we really believe that God is a God of the universe, like if we really believe that God is who he says he is, if we really believe that the Bible is true, and then we believe that that same God, like does have his relationship with us. Yes. That's insane. It is insane. And that he wants to communicate with us. You and I were talking about this. Yes. Like how do, how do you hear from God and like, how does God speak and like that kind of stuff? First of all, I am a believer that God speaks because uh, in the Bible it says, which I believe the Bible, the Bible says that my sheep know my voice um, and they listen to me. And so there's a constant, and I see about how Elijah sought out after God and he, you know, there was a big earthquake and there was a big storm, but it was in the whisper. Um, and I think God still whispers to us today. And I mm-hmm. think sometimes he whispers like, um, most frequently for me, he's whispered just through the Holy spirit. My listening to the Holy spirit who lives mm-hmm. in me, you know, all of us who are in Christ have the Holy spirit who lives in us. Um, and that takes a discipline because we have to tune out our own voices. Right. And sometimes we're afraid we're listening to ourselves. Right. And you but, feel like you're crazy. Yes. But if <laughs> we begin to listen to the Holy Spirit, yeah. he will speak to us. You yeah. know, um, one of the things that I believe that he whispers to us through the counsel of a friend, you yeah. know, I had one friend look at me directly and she's like, Jane, she goes, you, you believe this way too much about the way I view other people sometimes. And she goes, you believe this way too much. And she was so spot on with her analysis yes. that I knew that God had given her that word yeah. to me to help shape me, to help keep yeah. me on the right course. You know, sometimes it's through a song. Um, so I read a lot, you know, that I read a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, I'm reading a book right now called Grave Robber by Mark Batterson. It is life changing. It mm-hmm. is all about the miracles of God. We cannot possibly comprehend. Like for instance, when Je- is an example, when I Jesus turned water into wine, it's not like he said, water be wine, right? Like water yeah. be wine. He changed water on the molecular level to become something completely different than what it was. Completely different. I mean, and that's what he does with us on the completely molecular level. He takes us from being dead to alive in Christ. And so, and we've got to like get him outside of the box of the way we think, oh, he can only work like this. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, my prayer now is like, God, speak to me however you want to speak to me. Speak to me. I'm not a nature girl. Like I, I like air conditioning and inside, but I'm like, Lord, if you want to get me in nature, then you can speak to me in nature, you know, but God uses nature that he, he has left, he's left everyone without excuse mm. because you can see the goodness of God in nature. Man mm-hmm. came after nature, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about it. So it's, you know, he just speaks through all, all sorts of ways. Oh, absolutely. The number one thing that I, that I do every single day, every single day. And and you have been a recipient of this, bless your heart. <laughs> but I journal yeah. every single day. And that I would say that is primarily, as I as I walk through this, primarily how he speaks to me, mm-hmm. that I'll be reading the scriptures and I read through books. So I'm reading in the book of Acts right now or letters, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm in the book of Acts right now. And just as I'm reading, things will begin to pop off the page. It really happens. It's just like that. Yeah. And I'll begin to write it down like something... I don't know. He wrote some promise. There was some promise I wrote down the other day and that triggered the question, 
what other promises does God have for me? Right. So then I begin looking up in the scriptures, what does God have to say about promises? And then Which I is begin- super ironic considering our exactly. morning. Exactly. <laughs> I know. So I'm like, as a matter of fact, I've been doing some research on that. So I you know, know. The, why I said that is because this morning, one of the girls we were talking about what kind of Bible study, what study we're going to do after we finish the one we're doing. Yeah. And Jane and I kind of just have this thing where we fly by the seat of our pants mm-hmm. a little bit. Like we have a plan, but we like fly. That's you know? why I'm an amazing mentor. Yeah. I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. No, no, what no, do you no I don't know. That is not true. Um, but we're gonna do we're gonna do a series on the promises of God, which is so cool that yep. He was even teaching you that already in we, advance. Yeah, that's like God. Before we were even there this morning. That's, like, that's God. Amazing. Yes, that's amazing. That's God. I love this morning. Anne Graham Lott said something in her. Um, you, we want to live a life with less regrets, right? Yeah. And so, no matter where you are in life. Even our inmates, right? Even our offenders, you and I sitting at my mm-hmm. table, we can decide today, I want the rest of my life not to have regrets. So I can, but that causes us, that that requires us to live on purpose, mm-hmm. to live with intention. Mm-hmm. So I have got to, um, I've got to make sure that I'm in the word every day because if I'm in, and I pray, God, just use me, just use me today. I don't know how you want to use me. He may bring to mind the exact thing that you read that morning do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In order to minister to somebody that day. Yeah. Like we're at God's disposal. We think we make our agenda, but if we're in Christ, we are at God's disposal. And um, and so that's why we want to live ready and, and yeah. then go to bed that night and think, God, today was amazing because yeah. of what you did, how you prepared me, right. how you used me. Thank you, God. Yeah. And then at the end of my life, I hope I have like billions of those, you know, <laughs> racked up, like just... I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is like side noting, but something you said before made me think of this. You talk a lot about how God is a God of third options. Yes. And so I so want you to talk about that because I think that's like one of my favorite things. One Can of my you favorite. just give me sure. like the rundown, the God of, okay. God of third options? So, so much time in life, we feel like we're between a rock and a hard place, yep. right? I mean, like it's either this or that. Like I, you know, I go to, I'm going to go to college or I'm going to work a fast food job. Yeah. That's just, well, for you, <laughs> example. Okay. Um, but but God, I was reading through the scriptures. It would have been a couple of years ago now because this is when God showed it to me is that God is a God of third options. Um, so for instance, when I was reading about Joseph and Mary, when Mary came to Joseph and she's like, I'm pregnant with the son of God. First of all, what? Yeah. Like right? what's up with that? What? That's weird. Yeah. What? That's crazy. Um, Joseph had two options. He could either have her stoned or divorce her quietly. And so he decided to divorce her, put her away quietly is another terminology, put her away quietly. But then the angel of the Lord showed up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, Joseph, actually, you're going to marry her. What? That wasn't even on his radar. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it was a yeah. God of third options. I think about um, the Israelites when they were escaping from Egypt and they come up against the Red Sea and they're looking mm-hmm. at Moses and they're like, we are going to be drowned or we're going to be slaughtered by the Egyptians that we can hear their yeah. hoofbeats coming at me. Yeah. And what does God do? He parts the Red yeah. Sea. He's the God of their options. I can look at you and I can see like, I'm going to go to college or I'm just going to go get a job. Like, what are you going to do? Well, you launch your own business and you're in a mm-hmm. photography business. Now you're doing podcasting and prison ministry. Who'd have thought? Yeah. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's either college or working at McDonald's the rest of your life. <laughs> Or yeah. launch a successful business, yeah. go into podcasting and prison ministry. I mean, only God does yeah. that, you know? Yeah. And so I think that we've got we've to move beyond it's either this or that. With the Lord, right. it is 
endless. And right. the thing is that not everybody is going to understand the decision because so many people live between it's either this or that. Yes. And but the, by the, the faith, physical, like that we feel like if it's not physical, if it's not tangible, if we can't like see what it's going to be, then we're like, I'm out. You yes. Know? Yeah. But there's so much without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yeah. And so I just don't think that we want to be in a position where it requires faith. And yes. so it's easier to be like, it's either this or that. Mm. But if we just hang tight in that tension, oh, there's that good. tension. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. But the, like, you know, I'm in tension right now over decisions. Yes. You know, there's some things yes. that I'm like, I don't have this figured out exactly. Right. And, and it's, it's, I, I left a Marco Polo for some of my friends and I'm like, I can be like, yes, this is a great idea. <laughs> and then the next five minutes, but then maybe it's not a great idea. Yeah, maybe you know? this is the worst maybe idea. Maybe this is a terrible <laughs> idea. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But yeah. I'm trying to exist in that tension. And I'm really trying to hear God. Yeah. Um, because when we hear God, when we allow ourselves to stay in that tension, we will experience him. Mm-hmm. And I would rather experience his answers and his goodness and his activity in my life more than I want to live in, well, I'm going to pick this or that. Right. You know, what did Ann Graham Lott say? She's like, there's so many people that are be like, I don't want to lose this. I'm going to hang on to this. I want to hang on to this. This is factual for me. This is tight for me. I'm Whatever this thing is, I'm going to hang on to the sin or I'm going to hang on to this job. I'm going to hang on to this relationship. I'm going to hang on. I'm going to hang on. But God is like, I'll let you have it. Yeah. Like with lots, you can have it, but you will never be able to receive everything else God has for you. That's so much bigger than that thing that you're holding tight to. But the thing that I want to hang on tight to is control. Yeah. I want to know exactly. I want to know how much money I have coming in. I want to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the other side of it is like, but if I trust God with it, right. what does he want to do? What? Then what? Like, yeah. And what are we missing out on when it's we It's the don't, scariest, you know? holiest thing. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> it really is. It is. And it is like, it's so exciting. And it's so much easier to look into somebody else's life and be like, just trust God with I that. Know. You know but what I mean? when it's like, you. When, when it's you, yeah. it's a different story. But you know this what I'm is why, this is why. <laughs> We need a haverim. Yes. This yes, is yes, why yes. we need a haverim. Okay. So there is a Jewish word <laughs> that I used recently. This could be the longest podcast. No, this is great. Okay. This is perfect. This is, um, th- there's a word that I recently learned. It's called haverim. It's H-A-V-I-R-I-M. I think you can double check me, but haverim. That's what it Google's looks like haverim, but it's haverim. It's pre- Not that it matters. <laughs> um, anyway, a, haver- a haverim is a friend or a companion that you can talk through the things of God with. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so many of us, when we get to those, those tensions, those places of tension and those places that require faith, it is so wise for us to have a haverim mm-hmm. come alongside of us, somebody who is stronger in the faith or isn't equal, yeah. you know, somebody yeah. who's, or somebody who can encourage you. you. Yes. Yeah. But in the word of God, somebody who keeps pace with you, somebody who will challenge you to go deeper with God. Because if I go to the world system, the world system is going to say, be fearful. There's no hope. There's this, the stupidest thing you've ever done. Mm-hmm. Why in the world would you do that? Mm-hmm. But we need to have, and the, and the Jewish word comes from, um, when the Jewish boys would scripture would study scripture, they didn't study the scripture. They didn't have, you know, 
right titles own, and yeah. numbers they just had scrolls and they would debate the things of god two of them would get together like over a a table and they would debate these things and even the even the girls were there's a, a different word for girl than there is for boy and they would debate these things and in in the scriptures jesus references that in the new testament and he says when two or more are gathered in my name i am there yeah. and he's referencing that there is something so special that happens when two or more people get together and they talk about the things of god yes. and they challenge one another and so I encourage everybody to ask and pray and ask God for a Havarim, a yep. friend or a companion that they can discuss the things of God with. Because yep. there's something that happens. Yes. You know, it yes. builds your faith. Yeah, it builds your faith you and know it encourages you. Yes. <laughs> and then you can, I mean, that's literally what we do when we drive our hour and 15 minutes to Vandalia, yes. you know, like, and that was like the Lord answering that prayer mm-hmm. way back when for me to have a mentor because we have this hour, like solid hour drive to Vandalia and back and we talk about life, but we talk about the Lord. Yes. We talk about the things that he's teaching us and it's not like okay now let's talk about god like it's just this overflow of like what is happening in our lives and what the lord is doing and oh my gosh like i learned this and oh let me show you what i wrote down the other day and like you know and that is like that's one of the most beautiful things about our our relationship and our friendship is that we have that yeah and i'm so grateful for that because that has just taught me so much naturally over the past few years yes just hashing things out and okay well this was this was that situation last week what's what's it like this week you know and how can I be praying for that and like all of those things is that is that is just a picture of like the kind of community that the Lord desires for us to have in yes. our in our walk with him. You yes. Know? Yeah. So that is such a And he sends you the right people at the right time. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean I have discipleship is so on my radar right mm-hmm. now. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what it's supposed to look like on a broader scale, on a more corporate scale. Um, but but it's important to Jesus that we do that. And I do think you hit you said a word that it's a natural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that there is a, you know, um, he just does it. If yeah. we say yes, then he'll just do it. Yeah. He just brings it because it wasn't on my radar, you know, and right. I don't, I mean, you know, so God just did it. He just handles it. He just it. did it. Yeah, yeah. Which is so cool. Like, that's what it looks like when, and not that, not, I'm not like, that's what it looks like when you do what Jane and Jessica did. But like, no, I when, think you let, when you let the Lord like do his thing, like he does his thing, yes. you know what I mean? Yes. Like, which is so cool. Yeah. And so, he just does it in ways you don't expect. Yes. It, you know, yes. I think it's good. I think there's also, it's just value of, of saying it has to look a certain way. Mm. You know, I mean, mm. like, um, who would have thought we'd be doing prison ministry? I mean, well, my friend said you something know. to me and I was like in tears mm-hmm. because she, we were boxing each other, which is like the walkie talkie app. And yeah. she was like, just like. Five years ago, if I would have told you that you would be doing what you're doing right now, if I would have told you you'd be going into prison, she's like, you, I mean, she's like, I don't know that you would have laughed at me, but you would have been like, haha, like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Like, but like, look at what the Lord has done. Yeah. And I remember being in a place five years ago when I was God, like, God, like, I don't know what you're doing, yeah. but it's, I don't like it. Yes. Whatever you're doing, I don't like yes. what you're doing. Yeah. And I was just so frustrated and life did not look like I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And who would have ever thought mm-hmm. like, and that is his kindness, mm-hmm. like his overwhelming, his shocking kindness yes. to me to allow me to be a part of something like this yeah. is just mind-blowing yeah you know and that is my favorite thing I think one thing that you just said that was so good is that you know five years ago you were in a situation where there was great heartache yeah right there was great heartache and you were saying like God I don't like this this is very painful for me and um and I think that we need to know that we have the ability to tell God I don't understand this or this is hard for me or this is hurting my heart this is hurting my soul um and yet 
to know enough about God now that we know that he is trustworthy in mm-hmm. it, that he's leading it, you know, mm-hmm. that, that it maybe we're five years later and seeing some of the fruits of yeah. that, you know, what was sown in tears, you'll bring yeah. out in laughter. I mean, that yeah. bring out in joy. That's what the scripture says. What you sow in tears, you'll bring out in joy. Yeah. And, um, and to, to tell people that, you know, that there's some things that you're allowed, like Jeremiah did that, you know, like, I, I don't understand this Lord. And Job said that yeah. I don't understand this Lord. And yet we can see God's hand of goodness through their lives. Yes. Certainly now, even in our own lives, how many yes. thousands of years later, the benefit yes. of what God allowed to happen in their lives. And so I think that there's hope in that for all of us, Absolutely. you know, to trust Absolutely. him. I love that. I'm so glad we got to do this. Me too. Me it so wasn't happy. weird at all. Oh, that's good. I'm <laughs> glad it wasn't weird at all. I have one final question for you yeah. that I asked. With everyone. a microphone, you like Well, yeah, it's always weird when you're talking yeah. to each other with microphones, but I mean yeah. it's cool. Um my final question mm-hmm. that I ask everyone on the podcast mm-hmm. is what are you learning right now? Because mm-hmm. you know, you of all people know that I always say that leaders must first be learners. Yes. I want to be a learner. And so I want to know, what are you learning right now in this season of your life, big or small, um, whatever it looks like, doesn't have to be anything crazy, but what are you learning right now? Yeah. Um, so can I have three things? Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm not going to turn you down. I, need, I have 18 one. actually. No, <laughs> I'm sorry guys. Okay, can so we go for another hour? I okay. don't know. The first thing for sure, for sure is, and I know that God used the trip to Israel to um, teach me this, Mm -hmm. is the absolute supremacy of God, the final authority of God, um, that I need to get out of my infinite mind and allow God in his infiniteness to be who he is Mm -hmm. and stop trying to um, think that I have all the answers or that I need to come up with all of the answers or whatever. God loves us. Mm -hmm. God leads us. God provides for us. These are fundamental things about our truth, the things that can lead me to want to worry because I don't have control or yeah. I don't, I'm not sure how God's going to provide for this or whatever. God is supreme authority. And so I am trying to flesh that out in my own life. Yes. Um, the second thing is that there have been many things that I have lamented. Um, I, I am 44 years old and it, and at 44, you know, um, I have regrets that I just think, and those regrets I have allowed to haunt me. I have allowed them to um, color some of my current situations, my future, mm-hmm. um, because I've believed that those things, that I could have had a different life if I hadn't done those things. But what I'm learning is that God is the supreme authority and he is over all of it. And he is the one who still brings beauty from ashes. And for me to be okay and to enjoy lots of good things about my life, as opposed to always lamenting, do you know what I mean? That like God, God knew those decisions I was going to make in my past. He's used them to give me great compassion for people that are struggling in their life today and, um, and I'm grateful for my life. I'm yeah. grateful for the life that I have that I'm able to minister. Um, so those are two things. I had a third thing. I forgot. <laughs> what is the Lord teaching me? Oh, I do know. Oh, good. God is a God of miracles. Yeah. God does miracles. Yeah. I want to experience more of God's miracles. Mm. And I think that I have lived my whole life for a lot of my life thinking that what I see is all there is. Right. Like what I see is what I get. Yeah. Yeah. But I've read a Bible. I've read the word of God that tells me about a spirit of truth that lives in me Mm -hmm. that I battle not against flesh and blood, but against, you know, the army, the principalities of darkness, that prayer does immeasurable things that the prayer of a righteous man does it. So even I am trying so hard to get my eyes off of what I see and onto the one I cannot see. 
and trust him to do what he does in the invisible realm for whatever that is. And believe for miracles. Really yeah. believe for miracles. Yeah. I want to see God more. I want to experience him more yeah. from 44 until the day I see Jesus face to face. I want to yeah. believe. I want everything he has for me. Yeah. One of those things being revival in the prison. <laughs> I do. Hallelujah. I want a revival in the prison. Yes. And I want to get into Chillicothe yep. <laughs> in the fall. There's one more prison we want to get into. We want all the prisons. Oh, so we want good. them all. I love it. We want whatever God has. Yes. You know? Yes, we do. We do. Well, thanks, friend, for doing this. Thank it really you. means a lot to me. And you've been such a, you just poured so much into we me over you. the past few years. And so it's just the best. So no, it's, the, it's mutual. So it's much. just God. It's I God's goodness. All right. Love you too. Don't you guys just love her? I absolutely adore Jane and she has had such an incredible impact on my life over the past few years and I'm so glad that I got to share her with y'all today. If y'all want to keep up with Jane and stay in touch with her, you can find her on Instagram at Altered Ministries and as always, you guys can find me on Instagram at Jessica Lauren Photo. Also, if you wouldn't mind, I definitely wouldn't turn down reviews. And so if y'all want to take a minute, if you're enjoying this show to leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast, it would really mean so much to me. It would be so helpful and it would help other people find the podcast as well. I hope you guys are having a great week and I will see you back here on Tuesday for the True Speaks podcast.